the Cambria Regional Chamber presents Where Adventure Lives, the podcast where we explore outdoor recreation in our region and introduce you to outdoor recreation enthusiasts who live it, love it, and help make it happen. Hey everybody, it's Mike Hook, your host for Where Adventure Lives, the podcast. This is kind of an exciting podcast today because we're official. We have a sponsor. I want to thank Remax Team Realtors for supporting the podcast. The Bob Colvin team is ready to help you discover all of the area's adventures. Find your perfect place at www.movetojohnstown.com or call anytime, 814-262-7653. My guest today is Cliff Kittner. He's the Executive Director of the Cambria County Conservation and Recreation Authority. Cliff, thank you for joining us today. Glad to be here. Uh, to start off, uh, let folks know a little bit about what Triple CRA does and uh, yeah, and, and what you do there. Just a little bit, huh? Just All right. a little bit. So... One of the things we do is we develop uh, trails. Um, we do rail trails and we do other trails as well. Um, sometimes you don't have a place to build a trail, so you have to make a trail. Um, hence, a part of the path of the flood that we just finished, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, but we also do mine reclamation and water treatment uh, in some of our areas as well. Um, part of what we do uh, in on the path of the flood, like, reclaiming the bony pile uh, that was uh, affectionately known as the Steinman bony pile. Mm -hmm. uh, and now that is gone, uh, helping clean up the streams and so forth. So we do a lot of uh, stream restoration, mine reclamation, as well as trail building, rail trails and, and trails to create links and so forth. Yeah, I knew you guys did a whole bunch of trail stuff. And then when I was doing the research and, you know, conservation is in your name, I was never really all that aware of all the conservation projects that you have in terms of like AMD remediation and then those bony piles. Uh, I thought a lot of that fell to DEP, but you guys do a, a good bit of lifting on that front too, right? Right. And a lot of the DEP grants, they require a, like a pass-through agency. And mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons why we were created back in the 90s was to help with those efforts uh, and be that pass-through agency for some of those grants. And we, we have the capabilities of getting grants that um, most a lot of organizations cannot, uh, just so we can help with those efforts, especially in Cambria County with the amount of um, bony piles that we've we had in the past. Mm -hmm. um, I, I won't say now because we've done a lot of work in the last several years uh, making so, some of that stuff happen. Yeah, there are a lot less black mountains in the area now, <laughs> and you take care of four trail systems right now. Is that correct? No, uh, Ghost Town Trail, mm -hmm. Path of the Flood Trail, and Jim Air Rivers Walk Trail. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know why I was thinking. Oh, the, what's the candy trail? Well, that's a section of the Ghost Town Trail. Gotcha. So it's, it's the so you had two rail lines: the candy section, the CNI, uh, the CNI section, or a Cambrian Indiana Railroad. So it's a connector, uh, both the main line and uh, the CNI connected uh, at one point, and that's why you know we're we're saying we. We're now a mile and a half of creating the only looped rail trail in the United States other than one in Oregon. Mm -hmm. So say it a different way. Or the <laughs> east of we're the only, we will be the only looped rail trail east of Oregon and we're only have a mile and a half to go to complete that. And that segment's a small segment on the nanny glow end of like Expedite Road, correct? The C and I section is um, nineteen miles. Mm -hmm. So it starts in Vintondale. The the Rexus branch uh, of the Ghost Town Trail is part of the C and I. And um, that was built years ago. Um, but then back in 2016, we built an eight-mile extension, which is now known as Stratty's Way, mm -hmm. um, 
making that side 12 miles. And then we started working on the other side um, a couple years ago, and we did a two-mile extension from Evansburg towards Revlock. And now, now we just completed a three-mile extension, which we're having a ribbon cutting on Friday, making that side five miles. Mm-hmm. So now we have 17 miles, and then we have a mile and a half or so to go. Um, but it's an expensive mile and a half because we need <laughs> two bridges and a box culvert uh, you know, the last couple miles. But we're, we're anticipating a, a grant coming through. We got a million dollars from DCNR, mm-hmm. and we're anticipating a, a grant, uh, an Ambler grant, because we're along that route, there's two bony piles um, that we want to get cleaned up as well. Uh, so we submitted for a grant for it, and it's looking very positive that we're hopefully we get a, a, a positive announcement here in, in, in the near future that um, with an award for a grant so we can um, clean up those two bony piles and, and continue the trail, and we'll have enough money to, to do that last mile and a half. Nice. Uh, and up until recently, the CNI extension was actually one of my favorite sections of rail trail anywhere that I've rode. And then I did the new path of the flood stuff. Yeah. Uh, I got over the Steinman pile and into the section that leads to the south abutment of the dam. Right. It was not what I expected in such a good way. That was a beautiful and fun section of trail. Tell me a little bit about how that got developed because it's not rail trail in case anybody's thinking that it might be. So when, you, when you're talking about the Steinman section, that's where the Steinman body pile used to be. And then mm-hmm. we got up into the breast of the dam. So a couple of years ago, we got an Ambler grant of $2 million to remove that bony pile and to build that section a trail. And um, obviously, it's not an, on an old rail line or anything like that. Um, so have big bulldozer, go wherever you want. <laughs> Um, I, I, what I've learned is when, if you have the right size equipment, you, you know, you can move mountains yes. and, you know, a lot, I, I, I tease a lot cause we, we move a lot of mountains in this, in this job, um, doing, doing the impossible moving mountains, but we actually literally, if you have a big enough bulldozer, you can do it. Yeah. Um, so obviously there's some, I'll affectionately known from some South Fork residents that told me before they're varsity hills. Um, but we followed old um, logging lines and and made the made the trail. Yeah, because there, there was nowhere else to do it. There are definitely some up and yeah. down undulations in that trail, right. and it's a really really fun section of trail to ride. And with that segment being complete, that means that the path of the flood trail is truly the entire path of the flood now. Correct. Well, um, that section didn't complete it, and now you know we were trying to figure out a way because we had. To make a long story short, we had a um, twenty thousand dollar or twenty five thousand dollar grant, and and to cut down, we had we had to cross Regers Hill Road and go up Dansite Road, and um, we thought the National Park Service owned a piece of property, a five acre property back there, mm-hmm. um, and I got an, a quick contractor's estimate; it was twenty thousand dollars to do that. So I was going to use the money for that. Well, then we found out they didn't own it. So then we ended up having to go through the process of finding the owner, asking them to purchase it off of them. So we ended up purchasing that five-acre property off of Berwyn Corporation um, at a thousand dollars an acre. And by the time we did all that, this grant money that we received was a time grant. So we actually put that money to somewhere else. Well, then we got um, um, some money from 
Commonwealth Financing Authority, DCED, for $100,000. So we're thinking, okay, maybe we can build it under Lamb's Bridge and kind of go that way. And, and we're working with property owners, and there's one property owner that didn't want it there, but we were talking about different ways to do it and all that kind of stuff. And then when we we put three sections out for bid, and it, and in all total, it was like $400,000 to do everything. Wow. But we only have $100,000 to do it. Mm-hmm. So and we, uh, we were obviously working with the National Park Service, and they got some money. So they were building on their side. We were going to build on our side. So we just put our, the Regress Hill Road section, and that was at 145000 And it used to be 20000 So um, we ended up, you know, doing some value engineering, I'll, I'll, I'll say, and we're able to get the cost down to where we could get it um, with the help of the National Park Service and working together. They built on their side, we built on our side, and then we were able to make another varsity hill yes. and, and um, build that section of, of trail too. Yeah. So um, it, it's, it's just crazy how when you, when you think of a whole from start to finish, like we don't even own any property to now we're building the trail. And now it's truly one of the things I always wanted to do because I, I do run crazy miles sometimes. I always wanted to be dropped off on a bus at the south abutment start at the breast of the dam and finish at the stone bridge, which we finish at the park when we do our path of the flood historic races. Yeah. And we were able to do that this year. And when I was going up there, I thought it would be exciting and all that kind of stuff. And it was, but I was like, I can't believe we're finally here. You know, all this work, all these years, we're finally doing it. It was just like, wow. I, I mean, it was just like, I was in awe. Yeah, it, the excitement was like gone. I'm like, I can't believe we did it, you know. And then um, if you talk to the National Park Service, like Doug Bosley and all that kind of stuff, he was, you know, he was there when the first section of Path of the Flood was built from uh, Mineral Point parking area down to the to the tunnel. Yeah, back in 2001, he was like, I don't think we'll ever get there, you know, in my lifetime or you know whatever. But to finally be there. And it's really only 22 years later. It's probably not that bad. That no, full no, that's, that's no time at all right there. Just no flash time at the all. Pan. <laughs> yeah, for people that don't, that take trails for granted and they just assume that they show up, there's a lot of work, a lot of property acquisition that goes into it, and a lot of money that gets spent. You might look at it and think, hey, this is just a gravel trail, but it, it takes a lot of money to put those trails in where they're at. Well, even when something happens as well, and I, I'm dealing with a, a washout, a mm-hmm. simple washout, a call, uh, cross pipe got washed out and the contract i had a couple contractors come in cheapest price to repair it was nineteen thousand one hundred. Mm-hmm. well i'm working with um organizations to get some money for it but i had to contact dep to get that money so then i contact dep and we have to go through the gp11 permitting process and so now I have to hire an engineer and they'd have to do hydraulics to find out how much water is coming off the hillside. And this $20,000 repair, the engineering could be 10000 could be 20000 could be up to $30,000. So this mm-hmm. this repair now may cost $50,000 to do. For one so washout. So for one washout. So it's just like, it's just, I mean, it's crazy. Some of the things that we have to go through and back in the 90s, you know, it wasn't a permit. Mm-hmm. You know, you just went and built it. Right. You know, it was on an old railroad bed. The, the drainage system's already there, and you just built it. And then through the years, things just like that one 
project that was twenty thousand dollars and it became one hundred and forty five thousand over time. And, you know, with what, whether it be permits, whether it be the price of gas, the diesel fuel that goes into the vehicles, whatever the case may be, and things just keep skyrocketing. So what you could build years ago for a certain price is not what you can build now for a certain price. Yeah. And speaking of building, you guys are going to be building even more trail now from Evansburg to St. Francis area. Is that where the yeah. Right runs? Yes. And we, we took up, it's it's usable now. And I always get questions on on Facebook. When's this going to be went done? When's this going to be done? It's like, we're only one person. So, or, you know, uh, trying to do it. But um our organization is not one person, but you know, you're going out and trying to get the, the grants for it and all that. But we were able to take up the rail line last year. So if you have a good gravel bike and like a little bit of adventure, you can, you can still use it. Um, but as soon as we get the 1.5 mile project and we get that, that national recognition of being the any loop rail trail on this side of Oregon, you know, that's going to be a draw. We keep getting a lot of snow when that loop's done. We want to come out for the loop. We want to come out for the loop. And um, we're already seeing, like, the people coming and all that kind of stuff. Even the path of the flood. In one week, I saw cars from California, Kansas, um, Florida, um, Maryland, New York, Virginia. You know, it's just mm-hmm. it, within one week after we, we built that thing. Yeah. I'm out on the trail and I see all these cars. And it's just, you know, they're, they're, they're coming and it's awesome to see. Um, but that's, you know, we can only attack one thing at a time and, you know, we're going to get that loop done. Then we'll go after the, the rail line, the, the St. Francis to get that, um, you know, what we're used to and all that kind of stuff. Too. Yeah. And for anybody that does want to ride that, I took my bike on it, which is a 29 inch gravel bike and it was okay. It was chunky. I would have been fine, but my wife was on a 26 inch bike, yeah, no suspension. Okay. She was bouncing all over the place. We're like, all right. We're going to pump the brakes on this. And then we did the uh, the Revlock extension that day and then down into Nanny Glow. Um, but that, that'll that be part of the 9-11 Memorial Trail then, won't it? Or is that not part well, of that? Um, there's, there's a couple. It's it's not. The Ghost Town Trail currently, according to the alignment, um, mm-hmm. is not part of the 9-11 oh, Memorial Trail. Oh, I thought that's Trail. how they got overtailed. So um, the, the goal of the, of the 9-11 Trail can committee is to take it um up to Ehrenfeld and out to portage and out to lily and then out to crescent um it could be the bypass in the meantime if we were or if we're able to get the salt lake trail which comes from mineral point up to nanaglow if we were if mm-hmm. we're able to attack that and get that built um then you're already attached and heading towards crescent yeah um but even if that doesn't happen we have other ways we want to um, attach it to the ghost town trail. So we definitely want the ghost town trail, a part of it. Um, but it might be a spur off of it. Kind of like, you know, they're looking at connect, connecting national parks. Yeah. So we have the stable bend tunnel and we have the, the breast of the dam, um, the South Fork dam as two national parks are connected by it. And then if they come out through to Crescent and they're, they're connecting on to this, um, Allegheny Portage Railroad site. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, it's, it's a straight line and it, and it follows the old Pennsylvania mainline canal. So okay. that, that's the, that's the reason why they're looking at going that way. Cause it follows the old history in the old Pennsylvania mainline canal. Yeah. But of course, you know, we want every single one of our trails to be a part of it. <laughs> Not just two of them. We want all three. Right, um, right. so if, if there's a way like 
because it's a lot harder to build out through to portage and stuff like that because there's a lot of wetlands and and rock and Mm -hmm. so forth it's doable but here you have a rail line that goes right up to nanny glow and then you could go um east that way as well yeah yeah, so you know you're at the top of the mountain at that point even if it's not part of the line 11 memorial trail we still want to make it a you know you're on the line 11 memorial trail just go this way a little bit because honestly we want to we're we're taking the you know we're connecting on to the Hoodlebug, we're connecting mm-hmm. on to blairsville and we want to get back to pittsburgh that way too and there's small gaps on the way to pittsburgh yeah from you know if you go from evansburg and there's still there's people riding it now yeah there was somebody that rode from pittsburgh was on the ghost town trail and then went the whole way up to state college um and then she mapped her route on on how she got up there. Imagine if they so, could do that all on trail yeah. instead of on road. Yeah. That would be really nice. Yeah. Uh, let's let's talk very quickly about some of the events that you hold on the trail. You kick off your trail series every spring with the Path of the Flood Race. Yes. And and you have an event on every trail, correct? That's correct. And um, right now we have uh, Path of Flood Historic Races at the end of May, uh, middle of June, usually the, the weekend closest to the summer solstice. We have our Ghost Town Challenge. Um well, we'll back up. Path of the Flood, we do our full-length Path of the Flood. We used to do a half marathon, but now that we have it done, it's 14.1 miles. You run from the breast of the dam down to the Stone Bridge. Um, and then you can do an, an 8-miler or a 5K. Uh, with the Ghost Town Challenge, it's a 32-mile event. Um, the full full length of the original Ghost Town Trail. Um, and you start in Sailor Park and in the in Indiana and in Emmitsburg, so it's all uphill to make it a little more challenging. Mm-hmm. I keep again asked why you don't we don't go the other way to make it easier. I said it's a ghost town challenge, not the ghost town easy. <laughs> um, so, or you can do a 15 mile or an eight mile event, and it's a it's a walk, run, hike, ruck, whatever you want to do to get from point A to point B, and you have from sunup to sundown uh, to get it done. And it's a good it's a good training. Um, for the crazy ultra marathon runners out there. And I say that because I'm one too. Um, <laughs> you know, as it's, a, it's an easier type of ultra marathon. So whenever you're practicing and getting ready for your tougher ultra marathons, it's, it's a great way to do that. Yeah. Um, then we have a, uh, on the 2nd of September, we have our Jim Mayer family fun run and walk. Um, so it's a great event. We do a 5K, 10K there on our on our, our shortest trail, the Jim Mayer Rivers Walk. That's a family friendly event. That's a family friendly event. It's had somebody just asking if there are any events in the area you can push a stroller on. That's what's coming up on on the second. So, um, so that's it's very family friendly. It's usually a smaller event, but it's a it's a wonderful event. It's usually usually on a nice cool um, early September day, Mm -hmm. Um, but looking a little warm this year we've had a hurricane come up we had had it during a hurricane one year and it's like you think this would be a good weekend but it never really seems to work out but you know it should be pretty good this year it's western Pennsylvania. <laughs> you don't know what you're gonna get um like we mentioned earlier uh taking care of the trails is is not a cheap endeavor how can people that are enjoying the trails support the trails well if you if you participate in any of our, of our events and we do have one more the the uh, the, uh the Trailathon uh, coming up in October too. We added that one a couple of years ago. Um, that we do a, a marathon, a fifteen miler, and a five k on that one as well. And that's the second weekend in October. But it, it, we have a Friends of the Trails program. If you love trails, f- 
feel free to jump on our website and become a friend of the trail. Um, you know, and even if you get, get out and have a hankering for cutting up some wood, because <laughs> yeah. we do that a lot uh, when trees go down, um, you know, we're always looking for help, uh, especially on weather event days um, to get out there and, and help with the trails and mm-hmm. so forth. But we're a small staff. We have uh, one part-time uh, maintenance person for 53 miles of trail and one full-time maintenance person for 53 miles of trail. So it's a lot for some people to do. So when we get those bad events, the other day we cleaned up 20 trees in one day, me and me and my one uh, part-time or my full-time guy. Yeah. Because it's just, it, it can be a lot. And, and I'm, you know, when you have a day like that, I, I just go out and do it. So. Yep. Oh, before we wrap this up, I wanted to provide a little bit of my history with your trail. I can't so, wait. This is uh, <laughs> this is from 1992. Wow. Uh, this is the Pittsburgh, uh, what paper is this? And I'll share pictures of this. I think this was the Tribune Review. This is right when the Ghost Town Trail opened. This is my friend Brandon Roland and I. Uh, I'm in the middle there, not wearing a helmet. I don't condone that. Uh, the grand opening of the Ghost Town Trail right there. My mom was involved with D. Columbus and some okay. of the, the folks back then that helped get that nanny glow to Dilltown segment put in. The best thing about this newspaper, though, is this picture right here. That's Corey Gilmore, who runs oh, the Dillweed no with hair. Corey is currently follically challenged. Uh, and again, I'm going to share pictures of this on the show notes. Uh, I'll put a Google mm-hmm. Drive together. And then they handed these out, too. Yes. These were um, yep. little flags that showed the, where all the the ghost towns were on the initial segment of that trail when it went just from nanny glow to dill town and then there was that the red mill spur uh didn't go the whole way up like it does now and and it's crazy to think that between 1992 and now how much additional trail you have built on the ghost town trail having grown up on that trail uh so yeah the the ghost town trail is something that's always been near and dear to me and i thought i'd bring these along and uh, share these with you today too well this is great because i don't know if you know this but when we did the 25th anniversary they updated these. They're green. They're green with white. Oh, so really? To, yeah, I definitely have to make get make sure you see if I can find them and make sure you get one of them. Oh, since you have one of these I originals, I would love that. Yeah. Um, all right, Cliff. Where can people find out more information about the authority? CambriaConservationRecreation.com. Best place to go. Cliff Kittner, everybody. Thanks for joining me, Cliff. Thanks. That does it for another episode of Where Adventure Lives, the podcast. If you want to find out more about what we were talking about today, you can go to whereadventurelives.org. If you have ideas for show ideas, I'm open to talking to just about anybody. Like I said at the end of the last show, you can email us at whereadventurelives814 at gmail.com. That's whereadventurelives814 at gmail.com. And again, Huge thank you to our first official sponsor, Remax Team Realtors. You know what? If you like adventure, why not live where the adventure is? Call Remax Team Realtors today and try to find a house next to the adventure. Uh, move to Johnstown.com is their website or their phone number, 814-262-7653. Again, huge thank you to Remax Team Realtors. We'll catch you next time on Where Adventure Lives, the podcast.